0: Like I said, we're continuing a series today called God Wants to Heal You. And in just a moment, uh, we'll get to the Q&A, but I wanted to at least set kind of the table for anybody that maybe hasn't heard what's been going on or the series, or maybe you haven't caught any of the messages. I want to be able to try and catch you up to speed. But basically, as we've been going through this series, we've shared a metaphor that I've found very helpful to people when they think about God and healing and God's activity in the world in that space. Uh, and it's it's this metaphor of disharmony. Uh, that may not make sense at first, but this metaphor of disharmony, uh, you probably know what I mean when I say that. Like you've probably been in a room, uh, you, you where someone was singing. You know what I mean, and then there was somebody else singing and and there was an issue with it like you may have not been able to fully determine what it was you know because you don't know notes and you you didn't know it was a b or an f or a minor key or you know you didn't know any of that but but there was this part of you who's like i think i've heard this song and the person's singing it and and they seem to be doing okay but then there's this other person that's like singing and it seems like things are really out of order or something is you know what i mean like you couldn't name the note but there's just like your ear is like, yeah, something's off there. Something's just not in harmony with this song, if you know what I'm saying. And, and, and a reason I share this metaphor is there's one preacher uh, that had this idea that, that healing and disease and sickness, all of that, that sickness and disease was a disharmony With God's created order, if that makes sense. And so God created us in a certain way. And the Bible teaches that that, that at one point in history, Adam and Eve were living in a garden, perfectly with God. And as a result of decisions, sin entered the world. And a byproduct of that is that they lost their home and they lost their God, if this makes sense. And so, so the Bible teaches that they were then expelled from the garden. And then at that moment, there was a disharmony that was entered into God's creation that has been affecting God's people ever since. And so this disharmony has really affected all of us, whether we know it or not. And, and what this pastor would say is that he would say that sickness and disease is a disharmony with God's created order and plan, if that makes sense. And so what Jesus was about is coming into the world and fixing these problems. And so, so part of being a follower of Jesus is recognizing that you now, if you're a follower of Jesus, and if you're not, I'm just glad you're here. I'm glad you're here listening. We hope that what we say will be helpful to you as you. And and I just say, we would love for you to take and consider Jesus as an option. Because Jesus is is an amazing, amazing person that I'd love for you to get to meet. But if you are a believer here today, what I want to say to you is that there is an authority that you have in your life that God has given you, that you now can stand in authority over these things that sometimes come into your life, i.e. sickness and disease, and you have the ability in the Holy Spirit, through his power, to stand in authority over some of these things. And what, I, what I'm trying to get our church to see and believe is that God wants to heal people. And you are a part of that plan. And the Bible teaches that you're a part of that plan. And the first thing that we've got to do is we've got to believe that God can do it. I mean, that's where it starts. And so I ask this question, do you believe? And then the second is, we need to offer prayer to the world. Because the Bible says, freely you've received, now freely give. And the context of that statement is healing. The context of that statement is casting out demons and, and, and raising the dead. So 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 the, 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 the offering that we have for the world is that we would lay our hands on people, that we would pray, and that the sick would get well. Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be cool? And so, so, so this whole series is about challenging the church to really believe, really believe that God can do what he says he can do. And so my heart for you, as we kind of catch up to speed a little bit, is that you'd grab hold of that, and then this idea of taking that authority and dominating any disharmony in your life, because that, that, God wants to give you the power to dominate that disharmony so that you can experience all that God has for you, not just when you get to heaven, but also in this life right now, Okay. All right. Now, what I want to do is I want to invite a friend up. His name is Pastor Bob Cassidy. And, and Pastor Bob and I have been friends for a while and, and, uh, I'm so grateful that he's been willing to come and be a part of our service today. Uh, and, and, you know, Bob is one of those guys that, that when you get close to him, uh, you know he loves God. But the other thing is, is that he has a, he has a, a relationship and a familiarity with the, inner places, if that makes sense. In other words, those places that sometimes people don't get to because they don't want to spend that much time investing in the relationship. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like we say we want God, but we give him like five minutes a week. That's not Bob. Bob is, is interested in these things and he, he comes from a deep well. And that's why I wanted to, him to be with us today as we answer these questions about healing. All right. And so can we give Pastor Bob a warm welcome?
1: Good to see you. Yeah. I feel like we just saw each other. I think somewhere along the way, yeah. Yeah. We uh
0: we had the opportunity to go to the Cardinals game last night. Uh we had a really great time. It wasn't great because we lost, you know, but we almost won. And and so it was fun. It was an exciting game. Uh, but but yeah, we didn't we weren't able to bring home a win. But we did have fun. We uh we 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 uh cheered for the Cardinals, we booed the Cubs, uh, and we ate it salt and smoke
1: yeah the rain came and we got wet and it was fine it yeah. was all good yeah
0: it's yeah. a party yeah so we had a good time so so anyway a lot of St. Louis fun there yeah. um, but anyway I just want Bob Pastor Bob to introduce himself a little bit to tell you maybe a little bit about his life where he's come from his family all that kind of stuff so why don't you just kind of introduce yourself to them
1: Sure. So I live in Springfield, Missouri, and I was in what's called kind of pastoral active ministry for over 40 years. I retired kind of officially two years ago, but I find that retirement is refirement. <laughs> and it's been a time where I feel like God has been restoring me and teaching me new things. And I've really enjoyed uh, a deeper, intimate relationship with Christ uh, married to Susan, we've been married uh, going on 37 years, and we have three adult children, two dogs. Uh, Colton Wong is our German Shepherd, named after the <laughs> Cardinals' former second baseman. He's 80 pounds, and we have a new Malinois. And so, um, yeah, and two grandkids that live just a mile and a half from us, so we, we're we just really blessed, and I love your pastor, uh, and uh, I just... I really appreciate being here. It's a wonderful place of hospitality and friendliness, and um, just I just love the presence that's here—the uh, presence of God.
0: Amen. Uh, praise God. Uh, we're so glad that you're with us. Um, and uh, so, what we're going to do is we're just going to answer questions that have come in. So, we've had questions come in from since last Sunday, and we're going to try and dabble in some of those. But I also want to encourage you go ahead and send in any questions that you have now. And what we'll do is we'll answer a few questions and pause, and then I'll ask Megan, say hi, hi Megan. Everybody, see, me? hi, Megan. She's monitoring the text um, uh, device or whatever we call that uh, system text system how about that uh she's monitoring that and and she'll give us any questions that come in uh, in real time if you have any okay uh so let's just start with this uh we we'll, you know we'll just start with a very simple one um very simple easy one for you and that is why do bad things happen to good people i'm just kidding <laughs> that's too that's too hard right we'll, we'll we'll go a little easier uh so here's one that 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 came in that that, that maybe you could try and answer how do you share uh, how do you share of God's love and healing with someone who experienced a huge loss and
1: is shut off from God? That's a very good question. And what what I think of is um, a statement that uh, Augustine's mother uh, gave a witness to when Augustine was a great leader in the early church and uh, she was trying to bring him to faith. And she would say, you know better, you know the gospel, shape, you know, shape, shape up. And the more that she talked that way to him, the farther he got away from the Lord. Mm. And so she felt convicted to talk more to the Lord about her son than talk and talk less to her son about the Lord. Mm. And I really think that's a key that, when someone is really shut off and shut down, and we, you know, we have a family member very close to us that, uh, our, our one of our sons who, you know, is telling us, uh, you know, when you do that pray stuff around the table, I'm not going to join hands with you. I just don't, you know, don't. That's that's really hard for me to hear that. But just being honest, but do I talk to the Lord about my son? I I I, I sure do. And so I visualize. The Lord, you can visualize the Lord with the person that's been hurting so much. And the Lord loves that person. And Lord, what are you wanting to say and do in that person's life? And if there's something you want me to do, uh, I'm, I'm all in. I want to be a part of that. So it's very much uh, rooted in prayer and believing that God can do some amazing things even when uh, we're not actively involved in the conversation directly, mm. the Holy Spirit is, and, and breaking down those walls. Yeah,
0: so. that's really good. And if you notice that the kind of the root of that statement was prayer. Like when, when you're dealing with someone who maybe has a hard heart, or maybe they've been hurt or wounded or injured, what happens is a wall can go up. And that wall can keep them from being able to really enter into and experience the love of the Father. And, and, and that's a very real thing. Um, but, but what I loved about that is, is that when Augustine's mom was talking, you know, she was like, she figured out if she just kept talking at the person, right? Even though you're trying to help, it doesn't seem to do anything really good. And what she's decided to do is just simply start talking to God and let God work in the arena that God is really good at working in. Uh, because I can't soften a heart. Only God can do that. And so that's that's one thing that that is so powerful about this tool that God has given us to pray and to see God work um, in, in amazing, amazing ways. Uh, and so, so uh, thank you for Thank you for that. Now, uh, I received a question this past week, um, and and I'll just—it was addressed to me specifically because it was there was something that I said in a message that was a little confusing for the person, and they needed a little more clarity. And so, I appreciated that. But this is this was actually from week two of the series. Uh, God wants to heal you, and, and and so it says in week two of the healing series, Pastor Daniel stated. Christ's healing power can come to you when you use a point of contact. And so I talked about this idea of point of contact, all right? Now, they go on to say, does this mean that you should not pray for your own healing or that you will be more effective if you have someone else lay hands on you or or something else? And they were just trying to clarify, so if you go get healing prayer from someone, do you still pray for yourself? You know, do you need to? You, you know what I mean? So, so those are, that's kind of the nuance of this. So what I want to do is just for a moment clarify what this point of contact is. Cause I went back and I listened to the message a little bit and I noticed I, I don't think it was as clear as it could be. Um, and so, so basically what a point of contact is about is that in the Bible, uh, you may or may not know this story, but Jesus was walking along and then, and there was a crowd of people uh, and there was a woman in the crowd who had been suffering for 12 years with an issue of blood. And that's what the Bible says. And somewhere in this crowd, she reaches out and touches the garment of Jesus. And what happens is when she reaches out and touches his garment, Jesus says that he felt the power leave his body like that's literally what it says so so there was some kind of power transference that occurred in that moment and so Jesus is like well who did it and so he's asking around and everybody's like what are you talking about there's so many people I mean everybody's touching you how do you know so what was different about this woman's touch and see, see what it was is that she stretched her hand out in faith and so when she stretched her hand out in faith it created a point of contact. Does that make sense? When she grabbed hold of his garment, there was now a point of contact that allowed her faith to reach and the healing power to come back to her through Jesus. Does that make sense? And so this point of contact stuff is really about, I think a good way to look at it is like two cables coming together. Like power cables, right? They come together and they, they they it's like they're just joined together. And when they're joined together, it allows a flow to occur that wasn't there before. And so when people come to be prayed for in the church, maybe you've been in the church and maybe you've seen people come down front to be prayed for. Maybe you've done that. Maybe you've come down front. Maybe you've come over to our prayer uh, area and, and asked somebody to pray for. And what they might do is they might lay their hands on you. Okay? Or you may uh, you know, maybe put your hands out like this, or they may put their hand on you in some way. There's a point of contact that happens, and then that person is prayed for to receive whatever it is that they're looking to receive. That is a point of contact. That is what this whole laying on of hands is about. And here's the thing I'd say. The Bible is very clear about this. Yes, you should pray alone. You should pray for yourself. You should pray for yourself at your house or in your car or on the way to work. Like always praying is a good thing. OK, but there are these nuances that it, it's not really a, a, an either or it's a both and. and. And so but there are places in the scripture that the scripture says that if you're sick, come before the elders of the church and have them lay hands on you that you might be healed. Anoint your head with oil and pray for you that you might be healed. There's, there's places in the Bible where, where it says where two or more gathered, that I'm with you. Uh, when you pray in agreement with someone, there's power there. So, so the Bible doesn't eliminate individual prayer, God, would you heal me? But clearly the Bible says that there is a, a nuance And a difference that happens when the laying on of hands is present, when the people of God are together, that somehow in that point of contact, there is a faith rising and power coming in that maybe wasn't there when you're doing it just by yourself, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so that that I think is is what the scripture would teach on that particular matter. Do you have anything to offer to that?
1: Just a a quick word that, when you are when doing life in the middle of the week and we want that point of contact but you can't necessarily come together physically, I think the Holy Spirit lots of times will say, call this brother, call this sister and ask them to pray with you uh, then and there. Either, you know, re- really just right over the phone or, but but to do it right then and there. Or when you're in the middle of a, of a, a major crisis or there's something going on where 11 o'clock you're facing some difficult situation uh, to know that other people right then that moment are lifting me up in prayer that too is a point of contact and that's how the body of Christ can really truly be ministering to each other
0: that's really good I'll give you just a real quick example uh, before I came up to preach and I, I normally don't have this happen to me but I felt this wave of anxiety come over me. Like my stomach, like it started to nod up. I was like, oh, goodness. What's that about? And, and so what I could have done is just been like, ah, stuff it. I'll stuff it. <laughs> I'll be fine. I'll just, right? No, what I did is I grabbed Carl and I said, Carl, I need you to pray for me. And so Carl began to pray for me. And I can, I can tell you, it's weird. Literally, I felt that uneasiness go away. Yeah. Okay, I mean, again, I may need it. I may need to call him later today because it comes back. But but my point is is that we have power in the body of Christ to to go after these things. Just oftentimes we don't reach for it. So rather than pray first, we reach for the ibuprofen.
1: Yeah.
0: And I'm not yeah. saying don't take the yeah. ibuprofen. I'm just saying reach for the power of God first then take the ibuprofen, if God tells you to take the ibuprofen or, or whatever. You know
1: what I mean? So You're, you're reaching out to Carl uh, was the, the way the woman's reaching out to Jesus. So it's an act of faith. Yes. So that's where it's more powerful. I think it's an act of faith to reach out to another brother or sister to ask them because the Jesus that lives inside of you is living inside of them. Yeah. And that's where those power cables come together.
0: That's good. And I'll tell you, the reason we don't do it
1: is pride.
0: It's just pride a lot of times.
1: Pastors should not have any anxiety. Right, I should not have any anxiety at all. Yeah. So Man. that was very vulnerable for you to do that and to say that. And that's that's so real, and that's what I really commend you for that. Yeah. That's good, that's good. Yeah.
0: And I think we all need that. We all yeah. need that in our life. And so if we believe in prayer, if we believe God can do something, well, then we would pray. We would ask God to help us, yes? So, So, Megan, let's pause for a moment. Do you have anything over there that's come in? Ooh, fun. These, this is always the best part, because we don't know what question we're gonna get. <laughs> and if they're really hard, I just give them to Bob. Oh my, God. Oh my goodness, we've got several. Whew. Let's see here.
1: I'm getting anxiety, a wave of anxiety. <laughs>
0: Let me pray for you. Uh, uh let's see. These are good. Um, All right, we'll just start with this one. Why is it that the disciples were able to heal everyone and Jesus healed all who were sick, but we can't? Why was the answer always yes for them, but sometimes
1: no for us? (laughs) Good luck. All right. It was always yes for Jesus, but I'm not sure it was always yes for the disciples because when you look at some of the Scripture, you'll find uh, references like Paul saying to Timothy, take, take a little wine for your stomach. Or there's one brother that's left behind because he was ill. And so I, I just I think there's that honest reality even in Scripture that, that sometimes uh, the apostles praying, it wasn't automatic. And it it, it was maybe the exception and not the rule. And honestly, I I don't always know why uh, people aren't healed. But I do think that even in the gospel, it says that when Jesus went to his hometown of Nazareth, he could do very few miracles there because of the people's unbelief. Hmm. So there's a lack of presence, there's a lack of hope, there's a lack of faith or expectancy that even limited Jesus Christ in the flesh. Wow! So we, we acknowledge that. And we don't always know. Francis and Judith McNutt were two great people, ministers of prayer, and they, they did a profound ministry of listen, love, pray, but they, they admitted that 70% of the people that they prayed for did receive healing. But about 30% never received the healing that they prayed for. I just really respect people like that, <laughs> you know, to, to be honest and to say, we just don't know why. And yet we know that everyone was loved and that love is healing itself. So mm, that's good. I, we just don't, I don't know the answer to those questions, except I think that we have to recognize that there's some things of the Spirit. That we don't know. Sometimes it's God's timing. Sometimes there's things in the atmosphere. Daniel is waiting for how many months in the book of Daniel for the Michael the archangel to arrive because of there's a spiritual warfare going on in the heavenlies. Mm. So there's a delay sometimes that we just don't we just don't understand. We don't acknowledge this, uh, but there's some things we just we just don't know, yeah. and yet we trust that God is always good. And God ultimately always desires to heal.
0: Yeah, that's really good. Um, You know, as as you were talking, you know, I was thinking that sometimes what happens is when something doesn't happen, like we pray for it and it doesn't happen, what happens is we can actually form a theology around that. And that's concerning. Because what, 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 what that's saying is, is that we're taking an instance where something doesn't happen and forming that as a thought that then becomes our guiding, our guiding idea. And what happens is we then reduce the fact that people do get healed. So there are people that do get healed. And so healing is happening. And just because it doesn't happen at 100% for the disciples doesn't mean God still isn't doing it. And that we shouldn't do it. And, and so my point is, is that sometimes we, we will reduce that down and not participate in God's power and redemption in the world and healing presence simply because we saw someone not get healed and we form a whole theology around that. And then I'll say one more thing. In the Bible, there were moments, there was never a moment where Jesus couldn't heal somebody. There was a moment where he said they were limited, right, because of the unbelief. But then there's these moments where the disciples couldn't actually heal. So, so, so there's this moment where Jesus has been up on the mountain with God. He comes down off of the mountain. His disciples have been ministering to the crowds of people. And, and while they're doing it, they're praying for a boy who has a demon. And they're praying that this boy would be healed And he's not. And so Jesus comes down from the mountain and he looks at his disciples and he's like, what are you guys doing? Why couldn't you do this? Like, I mean, he's he's like, what's the deal? People in the crowd are asking, what's the deal? And Jesus talks to them specifically about a lack of faith. That's the first thing he says, which he's talking to the disciples. He says there was a lack of faith. Then he says, and this spirit couldn't be cast out without prayer and fasting. So he specifically clarifies that in this moment that's why that wasn't happening, okay? Now, I don't know when that needs to be applied, you know, I don't I don't think there's like, you know, like Pokémon, there's certain demon cards and we know when that happens, you know, it's, oh, we got that one, we got to pray and fast. I'm not saying that I'm just saying that there, there, there are moments where as disciples, we may not have what we need or the tools or even the faith sometimes to be able to do the miracle that Jesus could do.
1: I, I like that a lot. And I think the key is, is not to follow principles, but to follow the Holy Spirit and not to be in a rush you know, Jesus even healed one man, and he said, can you see? Well, I see, but I see as men as trees walking. So Jesus just, well, we just kind of keep praying. So, mm-hmm. so you, you, you keep soaking persons in, in prayer, and sometimes you have multiple uh, occasions where let's get back together again. Mm-hmm. So we, we rush this when uh, God is really doing some things, and uh, so say, okay, Lord, do more, do more. And we check in with the person. So it's a very relational thing. We're doing this with the person, with the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we're just saying, well, Lord, where are you in all this? Mm. I want to be what the Father's doing. And sometimes if we live intimately, more intimately with God, I think the more confidence we have in knowing how that works. And it it comes by practice. And it comes by a willingness to fail sometimes, quote, fail, end quote, but I would rather fail at risking than fail at not risking. Yeah, I'd rather step out and do things and, and know that God is doing things that I don't always uh, understand in the moment. That's good. So here's one question that came in I think I can answer fairly
0: quickly. Can you request uh, miraculous physical healing from God more than once? Yes. I mean, that's true. Uh, I know people that have experienced multiple healings, and then inevitably died, okay, because inevitably we all will die, but there as long as you 're alive, you know God is active in in the flesh, in your life, and clearly he 'll be active in eternity too but but yeah i, I don 't think there's ever a reason you can't request um, a miraculous healing in your life multiple times. Uh, because what father would not answer that prayer, what father wouldn't want to listen to that prayer uh what father would give you a scorpion if you asked for bread is what the bible says and so so i think I think that's a uh, absolutely go ahead and ask keep asking uh god wants to to work in those situations um i'm going i want to go to this question because I, I think it's relevant um to people a little bit I'll, And I'll ask this to you. If someone is unforgiving, does this block God from healing them?
1: Yes, it does. Unforgiveness is is something that will prevent us from being well. Um, Our emotional, our mental, our spiritual, our bodies waste away when we hold unforgiveness toward others. And all of us... I think would have to admit we struggle with this at times, and right. and uh, I'll just say very quickly about 15 years ago, I was really holding something against somebody. That was a real, it was a real hard thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I went to counseling, prayer, and I, I protested. I the person said, Bob, you've got to forgive. And well, this person's not even asked me for it. <laughs> well you you got to do that. And, you know, Jesus, we ask and, and we receive, but an unforgiving spirit will block everything. So I just have to remember that Jesus unconditionally loves me and unconditionally forgives me. He forgives me from the cross. My sins are canceled. And so it's not me trying to conjure up the love and the forgiveness to do that, but it's out of, I'm loving because he first loved me. I'm forgiving because he first forgave me. Good. And it's living in that state of forgiveness that puts it all into perspective. So, And don't ever buy into the lie into, that the enemy will tell you, the, the devil, that, well, you know, you've been sinned against in a way that nobody else has. Uh-huh. And that person just doesn't understand. Well, I think most people live very long in this life has had some bad things happen to them by other people.
0: Yeah.
1: But we're we're forgiving not the action, we're f- forgiving the person. We're letting the person go. Yeah. And we're just giving that person to God. Mm. And uh, so we're glad to do that. when we, When we know that we're not living in condemnation and shame, we're glad to set other people free, too.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that's really good. Even he was saying, you know, like when he was in this counseling prayer, he was like, Well, you don't understand. Like, this person hasn't asked for forgiveness. And the, the person counseling him was simply saying, It doesn't matter. Like, that's the hard part of it is now it doesn't diminish what was done. Like, it may be very real, but, but, but it doesn't matter in the sense of you forgiving. Because forgiveness is something you offer, not something that you have to have the other person offer you in order for it to get done. It's not a, it's not a contract in that way. Uh, and, and, and I think sometimes we, we lose sight of what the Bible teaches here. And the part I was trying to think, what I loved about the answer is the answer was very simple, wasn't it? The question is, uh, is someone if someone is unforgiving, has, is unforgiving, does this block God from healing them? Yes. Like, you know what I mean? Now we like to nuance it, like, well, you don't understand. Well, look, that's not how it works. Uh, we all have experienced pain. Uh, and, 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 and I'll read this to you out of Matthew, just, just for context. This is in no, I'm sorry, this is in, in Mark, Mark 11, if you're writing this down, Mark 11:22 through25. Listen to these words. This is Jesus speaking. He's teaching his disciples. He says, Have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to the mountain, go and throw yourself in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. And we all like love that, right? It's like you pray in faith and mountains are going to move and write songs about it. It goes on in, in verse 24, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And everybody's like, yes, come on. But then he says this. And when you stand praying for all these amazing, miraculous things, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him or her so that your father in heaven may forgive you your sins. That's pretty clear. And so I think, the thing that I think is curious about this context is it's like, you want to see power. You want to see miracles. You want to see mountains move, right? And then Jesus couples that with an unforgiving heart and how that ultimately can stand in the way of not only your healing, but maybe even someone else's. And there's that old adage, you know, that someone said that that, uh, unforgiveness holding unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. (laughs) Right? Doesn't make any sense for us to do it, but yet we all have done it. We've all done it. And God says to each one of us, hey, you let that go. You release that thing or that person to me and the healing will begin to come into your life. That inner healing that you're looking for, the the bitterness, the resentment, the anger, all that stuff is going to get healed when you release it unto the one that can heal. Whew, come on, that's good stuff. How about this one? I'll give you this one. Um, maybe we'll end with this one. Jealousy. Jealousy is keeping me from being able to heal mentally. How can I let this go?
1: Yeah, that's good. Was that a previous question we were given, I think? Yeah, yeah. that one. Yeah. that one
0: actually came in online.
1: Yeah, I thought so because I was thinking, now I can answer this question and be super spiritual. And then the the Lord said to me, well, what about the resentment? You're kind of holding against this one brother right now. Mm. So, so the Lord led me. So resentment, jealousy, whatever it is we're holding in our hearts against somebody, I just visualize Jesus in front of me because Jesus is in front of me. This is not some imagination thing I'm doing, but it's real. Mm. But imagination is real too, but... But I just see Jesus, and I just say, Jesus, I'm giving you. So this resentment I'm holding against a brother right now, I just name him. I just name the resentment, and I'm just handing that to Jesus. Lord, you take this, and you take this, and I'm just giving. I'm just giving it to you. I'm not going to pay attention to the barking dog over here. So our our granddaughter is scared to death of of. Uh,
0: Am I the ger- barking of dog? Our, of
1: our German shepherd. Yeah. Well, this barking dog over here, <laughs> there's a lot of barking dogs in the world. The flesh and the devil is barking at us all the time. Mm. I'm looking at you, Jesus. So when my granddaughter comes in the room, I says, don't look at the dog, honey. Just look at me. Look at me. So, Jesus, I'm just looking at you, and I'm going to give you mm. what's, what, what's in my heart or what I'm holding in my spirit. I'm just giving it to you, Jesus. Mm. And, and the barking dog just diminishes I don't fight it. In other words, if I try to fight this stuff, I'm not going to win, but I'm just giving it to Jesus. I'm focusing on Jesus. And Jesus is so glad to receive mm. that. And that's, that's the way that I think uh, <laughs> he invites us to do that, doesn't he? It, that's, that's, what, that's who Jesus is, and, and we can do that anytime. time. Yeah. So we don't stuff it. We don't deny it. We just give it to the Lord. And if it comes back again, we give it to the Lord, and we give it to the Lord. And then finally, it just kind of gives up on us, and it's going to get off the bus, and we not have to fight it at all.
0: Wow. Well, that's good. I, I, I love that, that oftentimes when we're in pain, we don't always see Jesus in the physical, like with us. And the Bible says he actually walks with us in the pain. That's what the incarnation is all about, is that he's actually with us. And part of healing can be having Jesus enter into those places with us. Like just in a a spiritual way where we just acknowledge that He's with us. He's loving us. He's compassionate towards us. He cares for the pain that we're experiencing. And, And in that, we see God differently. We notice He's not abandoned us. He's walking with us. And as a result of that, healing can begin to enter into our lives because we see Jesus in our pain and in our memories and in our difficulties and in our trauma. And a lot of times from that, God can begin the process of healing us. Um, and, 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 and a lot of times it is a process. I would say one real practical thing about jealousy. Um, the only surefire way I know to get over jealousy is to celebrate that person. That's it. If you're jealous of someone right now, celebrate them, celebrate what they're doing, celebrate their achievements, Um, sow some seed into their ministry or into their business or to their family, send them a check. Because I'm serious, because when you learn to celebrate people you're jealous of, that jealousy has no power over you anymore.
1: That's really good. That's really good. So that's awesome. Well, we could keep
0: talking for a long time. I know you guys need to get to the the sizzler or whatever, um, the golden corral or whatever people go to now, the smoking salts, uh, whatever that is. Um, but, but I want to encourage you keep sending your questions in. Uh, if you have any other questions that popped up, send them to that text number and we'll do our best to answer them. We'll text you back or or whatever. We'll do our best to try and help. And even the ones that came in that we didn't get to, we'll do our best to try and answer those um, as well, in directly even. Uh, and so thank you for participating in that. And can we just go ahead and give Pastor Bob a warm welcome and a thank you for all that? Awesome. You know, as we kind of come to an end, um uh, you know one of the things that's been at the center of this entire series is that not only would we believe that God wants to heal us, but that we also would start participating in that 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 literally God wants to use you. uh One question came in that we didn't get to, but uh it was that this person has experienced a miracle like God healed them, okay. And the question was kind of about, you know, how do I give that to people? Like, how do I share that? How do I, you know, share that story? Uh, How do I share that if people aren't listening? You know what I mean? Like, it's just... And and the thing I just want to say to you, for any of us in the room, is if you are a follower of Jesus Christ today, you have everything you need to take whatever step God is calling you to. Now... You may not believe that, but God believes that. And Pastor Bob said in the service, uh, the earlier service, uh, that faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Because see, a lot of times we have to take a step, and that step sometimes, oftentimes can feel like risk. Yes? Stepping into that thing that you don't feel equipped for that thing that scares you, that thing that, that, you know, whatever that is, it takes a level of faith to be able to do that. And here's what I want to tell you, though. The moment that you take that step of faith, God meets you right there. He's not meeting it here. He's meeting it here. And the moment you take that step of faith, the Bible says that only faith pleases God. Like that's you want to please God. You have faith. That's how you please him. And so you step through that fear. And on the other side of that is your provision. It's your power. It's your presence of God. It's all the things that you need to accomplish the things that you think you can't accomplish. Does that make sense? Not just accomplishments but also the healing that you deserve from God that, or that God wants to bring into your life, that, that's on the other side of that too. That, like You have to face sometimes the things that hurt you, the things that wounded you, the things that harmed you in life. Sometimes you got to step to them in faith. And when you do, God will heal those things because that's what he does. And so my heart for you is that you would grab hold of this truth and that you would begin to live in a place where you believe that God wants to heal and that you'd begin to offer that to everybody you possibly can. Because I don't know about you, but I want to see God do some miracles. I want to see God do some healings. that, that Like notable miracles. Like You're like, I, I got nothing. I don't know how that happened. And I don't know about you, but I want to see those. And, and when the people of God grab hold of this in faith, I believe that we're going to see those things happen and come to pass in this house, in this city, in this nation, in this world. And I'd invite you along on that journey with me. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray for a second. God, we thank you so much for each person in this room. God, we all have questions. We all have challenges and doubts and fears and anxieties. And, but Lord, you are over all those things. And so, Father, we just thank You that we can trust You. We thank You that we can count on You. We thank You that that You are the one that we need to look to to see these things come to pass in our life. And so, Father, I pray right now for anybody in this room that's struggling with fear. Anybody in this room that's struggling with unforgiveness. Anybody in this room that's struggling with anger or bitterness or doubt or, 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 or unforgiveness or whatever it is, Lord. That there is a disharmony right now in their life. I just pray right now for a release of your spirit. If you're here today and you're carrying something, a burden like that. A habit, a hurt, a hang up. What I want you to do is in faith. I want you to grab hold of whatever that is. And I want you to literally offer it to God. I want you to stretch it out to Him. And the moment that you're stretching it out, I believe that God is stretching back and it's creating a point of contact. And that as you stretch in faith, God is bringing healing into that hurt, into that habit, that, into that hang up, That place of doubt or unbelief, sin, whatever it is that, that God is now giving you everything you need and that healing is coming to your life. If you believe that, just simply say to the Lord, Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. And just keep saying that, Lord, I believe. And when you leave here today, keep saying it, Lord, I believe. And this week, keep saying it, Lord, I believe because the power of God is being released into your life right now. I believe it. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I just I want to ask you a question. Maybe as I talked, you would if you were honest, you would you would say that that you've heard of Jesus, you know about Jesus, but you would definitely say that you don't have a relationship with Jesus. And um, as a pastor, I'd love to be your pastor. My heart is that you would not leave here today without knowing that you know that you know that Jesus is in your life and that he loves you very much and wants a relationship with you. The Bible teaches that Jesus came into this world and died a brutal death on a cross he was taken off of that cross and 3 days he was and placed into a tomb and died there but 3 days later 3 days later he was resurrected beating sin and beating death and restoring your relationship back to god and the bible says that if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that this is true that he will come in and he will save you and he will begin the process of healing you and freeing you and so I don't know if that's your story, but I'd love to offer you that today. And so if you would like to take that step of faith, heads bowed, eyes closed, what I'm going to ask you to do is on the count of three, just to simply raise your hand up. You can do that online as well by clicking that button. But but just, just raise your hand up as a sign. And so right now, on the count of three, i I'm gonna, I'm going to ask you to do this, and I'm just going to lead you in a prayer. That's all. Nobody's looking around. But right now, on the count of three, go ahead and raise your hand if you want to enter into this relationship with Jesus one two three go ahead raise it up Jesus name God bless you God bless you okay you can put your hands down if if you're here today and that's your heart I want to offer a prayer and I'd love for you to repeat this church we're all praying together nobody's praying alone in here and so let's all say this together heavenly father I need a savior Will you save me from my sin? Will you be Lord of my life? I surrender to you today. Heal me from the inside out. Fill me with your spirit. I choose this day to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we celebrate anybody that was making a decision in here today? So good.